that the more you care about where your beer comes from and making sure that it's coming from a sustainable brewery, the longer you're going to be able to enjoy that beer. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It doesn't matter how it's happening, whether it's cars, volcanoes, whatever, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, so yeah. we've got a plan for it. And if we want to keep making and drinking good beer, we got to figure out how to how to work around it. It's the engineering mindset. You know, there's always a solution. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. It's been a little while since we've <laughs> talked to you guys, so we're excited to be back. Um, but there's a reason why it's probably been a while, just because we've been traveling. Sorry, because we missed you guys too, so you probably missed us. At least we hope you missed us. Um, we've got several podcasts lined up for the next couple of months. And oh, yeah. Yeah, including the one that we're getting ready to um, introduce right now. Right? Yeah, and this one is basically why you should give a shit about the planet. Because you like beer. That's why. You can argue all day and all night, however you want, wherever you fall on it how things are changing, why things are changing, blah, blah, blah. But climate change is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, climate the climate of the planet has changed over time, regardless of whether we were here or not. But there's also the effects that we do have on the planet, because we do. We're here, living here, doing our thing, so of course we have an effect. But all that stuff, regardless, regardless of what you think about climate change or where you fall on what's causing it or who's causing it, how it's being changed, it doesn't matter. It is changing, so why don't we do things to make things better for us on this planet, regardless of the whys of all that? Yeah. And Earth Day, yeah, was April 22nd this year. However, April could be considered Earth Month. And on that same note, however... It shouldn't just be a day or a month. Earth Day should be every day because you should just care about the planet that you live on. Because if you don't, we ain't going to be here um, and there will be no more beer to drink. But on that same note, if you care about the planet, some people go to the extreme extreme that you shouldn't do anything that has an impact on the planet. And that's kind of impossible because you can't live. So I think the reason I brought that up is because we fly on airplanes and we you know use ski lifts and we drive cars and all that yeah but it it you you can still care about the planet without um you know just you can still without care without ceasing enjoying your life yeah you still have to enjoy life yeah. speaking of enjoying life and the reason i brought that up is because we flew on an airplane from you know the united states to medellin colombia and that's kind of what we were just talking about in the beginning is that we didn't have a lot of podcasts going out because we we're busy exploring a different country and it's been which included recording a bunch of new podcasts so yeah. we have a lot coming down the pike here so yeah. expect a lot of a, a big rush of stuff coming out over the next couple months yeah so i think yeah i think i just kind of wanted uh, to boast that we're in Colombia. In Colombia. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It is pretty cool. And uh, we found a pretty cool beer scene down here. And we'll, you know, we'll be talking a lot more about that later. Um, that's, of course, not quite the focus of this podcast episode because we were talking to some folks from Wyoming. So let's maybe we should go from 
Columbia to Wyoming because there's the peaceful, quiet, wide open expansiveness of Wyoming and Jackson Hole compared to some of this cityscape that we is out like really outside of our apartment in Medellin. Like it's crazy. You'll have these fruit hawkers and like airplanes flying over and then you'll have music coming down the street. It's a little bit crazy. So if you hear background noise, I mean, hey, on location. Well, you're pretty much used to it by now. I mean, you know our recording studio is often our RV, so it's a little difficult to make that one perfectly quiet as well. So, eh, it is what it is. It is. Anyhow, <laughs> so we're now going to go to Wyoming and talk to John um, about a couple of really great breweries in Wyoming in the Jackson Hole area and what they're doing to be... I guess not just to be sustainable, but to go above and beyond being sustainable because they're not just doing the things that you think of as sustainable, like, you know, uh, reusing spent grain, spent grains, uh, solar powered, you know, recycling. They're doing that, but they, Roadhouse actually is who we're talking about um, the brewery, are actually a B Corp certified brewery. What does that mean, Kenny? You're asking me? Boy, I think that's a tough one. Um, but but I think, it's basically a, a set of standards that companies have to meet to, one, be environmentally friendly and sustainable. And, but also beyond that is also um, incorporating the, the employee culture and the way the business operates, not just from a sustainability standpoint and an environmental standpoint, but also as a culture standpoint for their employees and and the whole i guess it kind of encompasses the entire business to to go above and beyond to just be a better business and be a responsible business and you look out for your people you look out for your world and a lot of and i mean that's me dumbing it down to what i see it as there's obviously a whole designation yeah, you can't just say that you're doing it. You have to no. actually prove it and have stats and figures and things like that. And we get into a little bit more about all of that in the podcast with John. So maybe we should just like... Yeah, John explained it pretty well, yeah. I think, um, in our conversation with him. So officially, though, according to the B Corps website, a B Corps certification is a designation that a business is meeting high standards of verified performance. Yes, I'm reading this. Accountability and transparency on factors from employee benefits just like you said, Kenny, and charitable giving to supply chain practices and input materials. And you'll find out here from John that Roadhouse, that's basically what this business was founded on, was doing all these things anyway. It's just it's just in their DNA. And now that they're bringing Melvin in the fold, which has done a lot of similar things, but they're going to, you know, the idea is to take both companies above and beyond even what it means to be B Corp certified that's great that's a nice designation it's a a good thing business-wise to promote but they go above and beyond that certification and just want to do the right thing with their businesses and it's not just something they talk about it's something they want to be they're in an area where everything is about the outdoors in jackson hole wyoming everything's outside this is a an outdoor lifestyle community and so it's just in everybody's best interest there to be good at what you do and to be efficient it's good for your business it's good for your community and it's just good for the planet in general mm-hmm. and it means we're going to get to keep drinking their beer for a long time because they're doing it in a way that they can keep doing it down the road and even meeting some of the the headwinds that come your way 
I gave John, and you'll hear it too in the podcast, in the actual interview, but I gave John a new title because his title is all official, but I told him he was just basically the sustainability guru. So here's uh, John, the sustainability guru for Roadhouse and Melvin Brewing. So welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast. We're here with a very special guest this time. We're kind of, not kind of excited, we're excited. It's John (laughs) Portois. He is the director of operations, and I think I'm going to now give you a new title and call you a sustainability guru as well. Uh, uh, <laughs> pure Madness. I with, like that. Yeah, right? Which is covering um, Roadhouse Brewing and Melvin Brewing. So we're excited to have you on with us. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and for those of you that didn't know, I'm, I think most people are probably familiar with Melvin and Roadhouse as breweries, you know, at least where we're from, and, and we're from Denver originally, so people in the Denver area are pretty, pretty familiar with both brands, I think. But uh, for people that didn't know, their um, Roadhouse and Melvin are now under one umbrella, the Pure Madness Brewing Group. Um, as of the very end of 2022, you guys have kind of become one big happy family. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how we like to put it. Uh, you know, we, we saw coming from the Roadhouse side, um, Melvin was, you know, the biggest brewery coming out of Wyoming and Roadhouse was right there uh, just below that. And we wanted to bring those two brands together um, to really kind of support not only Wyoming craft brewing, uh, but also beer that's coming directly out of the like Jackson area. Very cool. Yeah. And both, both breweries are very community oriented already. And I know um, Roadhouse in particular, you guys really embrace that whole Jackson hole lifestyle of, you know, being in the outdoors and doing the backcountry type um, endeavors from hiking and skiing and what what have you. And, and you're very supportive of that community and like the search and rescue teams from that area. I know that's a big initiative for you guys. How do you offer that support for search and rescue? What does that involve with the brewery? Um, we just have really close relationships with them. So um, I know one, one project that they are working on is, um, uh, the mission to fund their dedicated helicopter. Um, so we wanted to kind of partner with their fundraising group uh, and make a beer that would raise some money to help fundraise um, their dedicated helicopter for a Teton County search and rescue. Um, so we do that with them. We kind of partner with them as well on a podcast. So uh, they do the fine line podcast, which is sponsored by Red House Brewing. Um, and it, it talks about, different situations that people have gotten into in the backcountry and how they've survived and how Teton County Search and Rescue is a good service that is out there to, to help people be safe in the backcountry. Uh, and we're a huge supporter of that just from the brewery side alone. Like that's what we like to have our employees do as well uh, is get out and enjoy the world that we live in and the place we call our backyard and our home, uh, but also do it safely. So it's a great partnership with, with uh, TSAR. Yeah. And what I, the the fun thing is like not i mean this is not just like um you know throw throwing a fundraiser once a year and say yeah we we donate to these guys it's like really in your kind of dna there cuz i noticed that you guys even have a page dedicated to a lot of your brand ambassadors and and mm-hmm. that uh, promote roadhouse everywhere and a lot of those brand ambassadors are you know pro skiers or or maybe snowboarders and different outdoor sports. 
And even like, so I think there was somebody who's a volunteer on the, on the search and rescue team and you have mm-hmm. it just, everything interweaves. So it's not, it's not taken lightly and it's not just uh, something. So you can say you did something nice. It's, it really is kind of ingrained in all you guys at that company. It feels like. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a huge part of our culture um, and the mantra for what we do is at Roadhouse and now Pure Madness is really to like ingrain yourself in the community um, because that's that's who we're serving. You know, the majority in, of our customers come from the local community. Uh, and so if we can do everything we can to give back, uh, it's only going to be this great, you know, reciprocating relationship where we put ourselves out into the community uh, and they come and support making great beer in the Jackson Hall area. It makes sense then on that whole scheme of what you're talking about that you, um, that whole certified B Corps um, credentialing that you have is probably just some, I mean, it just goes along with exactly what your whole core being is there. Yeah, absolutely. Like being a certified B Corp and being one of, I believe only nine breweries specifically uh, in the U.S. is huge. And that's what we're trying to also bring um, to the Melvin brand as part of the Pure Madness group is that both breweries certified uh, B Corps. So Roadhouse Brewing is certified B Corp, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, could you actually explain a little bit more about what that really means? Yeah, getting B Corp certification is um, a fairly lengthy process, um, but a lot of it has to do to sustainability, um, community involvement, and just in general, what how you're working to be a better company, not only for like the business side of it, um, but for like the growth of the world. Um, so there's a number of factors that are looked at. It says how how well you treat your employees. So we have an employee stock ownership program. Uh, it's what are you doing for sustainability practices? So we have between solar arrays, uh, we have a CO2 recapture system. We recapture all the, the various steam throughout the brewing process um, and re- reutilize that. We have nitrogen uh, generation on site. So we're doing a lot of the sustainability side as well. Uh, and then what's your community involvement? So, you know, that's a, like I said, like we just touched on, it's a huge part of um, what we strive to do with not only Roadhouse and Melvin, but the Pure Madness group. So all of these factors kind of like are on a weighted rubric scale. Uh, and then that's how you get your B Corp certification. So you, there's multiple forms that you have to fill out to justify what you're doing. Uh, you can't just make up numbers and say, oh yeah, we saved this much. <laughs> you actually have to prove it. Uh, but then once you do and you get it, it's the same as when you, whenever you get any other kind of certification, you just have to continually show that what you're doing is still meeting those goals and you're constantly improving, which is something that we work on. My, my background is from industrial engineering. So everything that I work on is process improvement. Um, so that's kind of my own personal like mantra and anything that I do is always continuous improvement. Um, and we're going to implement a lot of those same projects down at the uh, Melvin Alpine Brewery. Um, so we're putting in CO2 recapture system, uh, which is essentially harvesting the CO2 that's generated during fermentation, um, filtering it, liquefying it, and then having it stored and able to be reused throughout the brewing process. So whether that's transferring beer, um, building head pressure on fermenters and bright tanks, and also carbonating your beer. So the CO2 that's created in our as a waste product typically 
we're able to capture and then reuse for our finished product. Uh, so instead of it going back into the atmosphere as, as waste CO2, um, we're putting that basically back into the can, which is a, is a huge savings, not only financially, but again, from a sustainability, we're not having to go out and have a company generate CO2 from various different processes that probably aren't as clean as they as what, how we're doing it. Um, but we're able to do it from our own process. That's a real, it's like closing the circle and being completely self-sufficient. So that's one project that we do now, uh, Roadhouse, that we're going to implement at Melvin as well. Um, on top of solar, which is huge, I know it's maybe people don't believe it, um, especially with how long our winters are here. <laughs> but <laughs> we actually do get a fair amount of sun uh, for a large part of the year. And um, in the Jackson Brewery at, at Roadhouse, we generate about twenty-five percent of electricity throughout the year just from solar. Um, so it's pretty because some of my worst sunburns are from being outside in the snow in the winter time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we could somehow harness like the glare that you get from, you know, snow reflection, then we would be in a really, really good spot. Might be uh, really another good. another project we work on and we're going to implement in both breweries as well um, is a cold air louver system for our cold room. So um, neither brewery pasteurizes their beer. Uh, so we package everything cold, store everything cold, ship everything cold. Um, and having a large cold room can be fairly expensive and also like uh it consumes a lot of electricity with the weather being what it is where we live um more often than not we can utilize the the natural cold air from outside and pull that into our cold room um so it shuts off our glycol chillers and it like has them running a lot less so we're saving on tons of electricity by just using the cold air that's around us and that cold air living up here in the evenings is in the 30s and 40s all through the summer uh and then in the winter we never really have to have the chiller running at all other than maybe to keep things at that stable temperature you know i just want to drink beer why why does it even matter to anybody okay. to the typical consumer That's who just wants question. to come into the brewery and just wants to drink beer why should they care because they want to drink beer <laughs> well we it, it all of these things tie together and help truly make our beer what we believe to be some of the best around um so not only that i mean more than anything it's like well you could ask why do people drive hybrids you know it's, it makes you feel good <laughs> it may not always be like it, it is efficient and it is helping and it is making things better but more than anything it's that making you feel good so if you can have a beer that's made you know, in a sustainable manner from a brewery that really cares about their community. Um, and the beer is fantastic. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, if you look at the sheer numbers, we're, we're not so far, we haven't had a negative year in recent memory, as far as how many more breweries or less breweries we have in the United States, at least. So every year it's growing and like, we're pushing up towards 10,000 right now. And if, I, I don't know that everybody necessarily knows how much, how much resources go into making beer and, you know, the traditional way of making a beer isn't very environmentally friendly. A lot of times, you know, it's, we use a lot of water. There's a lot of energy going into it. And like you've kind of pointed out here is things like just byproducts such as CO2 being lost to the air could be recaptured and be used, like you mentioned, to carbonate the beer that we love, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. these all, all these things we love take 
a lot of resources. And if you can make it more and more of a closed system where it's self, self-sustainable, I mean, it's just going to make sure that we can keep enjoying that beer over time. Exactly. And like I said, it's even, you know, a lot of times people think that there's sacrifices when you are trying to be sustainable where, you know, the end product might not be as good or you might not be able to do work as quickly or, or whatever that, you know, sacrifice might be. Um, but for us specifically with CO2, we find that the end product's even better. I mean, your industrial grade CO2 is made either by chemical process or made in a fertilizer plant. And so there's some, there's a level of purity that they need to get to, but our CO2 is made from the beer and it's going back into the beer. I, that's as pure as it gets <laughs> as far as like what you're putting back into that end product. Um, so like, for us, there really is no sacrifice. You know, it's weird doing this because A, it makes sense for the business. B, it makes sense for the world. And C, we're making an amazing product with it. There's there's no um, there's no sacrifice. So just from a business perspective, does it make business like really good? I'm obviously there's a philosophical argument that can easily be made that of course it's good for business because it's good for the planet. It's good for all of us if we want to continue to live on this planet. But um, how does it, how does, how do things kind of jive on the financial side of getting into not just being B, B certified, but um, just from trying to be more sustainable and more environmentally friendly, does it cost more upfront for a brewery to do that or, and then it pays off over time or, you know, cause I think most breweries are probably in the position where they're having to retrofit, not, not building from the ground, mm-hmm. up a new brewery. So Maybe just get a yeah. I I would say definitely the point of entry is going to be higher from like what you need for a capital um, expenditure. Um, However, the ROIs are relatively short. Um, So and there's a lot of grant money out there to be had. So between what you can get from your local state or federal government to like help you do these things, like for solar, there's tons of federal and state grants, Um, so you can get a lot of it paid for even as a small brewery um, for the CO2 recapture, the system itself, it, it sounds like is a lot is a little over a hundred thousand dollars. But when you look at how much you're spending in CO2 to run a brewery that puts out between 10 and 15,000 barrels a year, your ROI is about two and a half years. So as long as you can stay in business that long and you're making enough money and your sales are there, you know, you'll recapture that money pretty quick. And then at that point, you know, it's paid for itself. And now you're just starting, it's getting better and better and better from the business side. So uh, we, you know, we're, we're business people. Uh, I'm an engineer. I, I started at a very different part of my career before I moved into beer. Um, we've taken the business and like engineering side, how can we make the brewing industry better? Um, and so we look at it through the business scope just as much as we look at it through anything else. Like I, I want it to be as sustainable as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm also, I'm an employee owner of the company. And so I want the company to be successful. Uh, and so you've got to, uh, you know, you've got those scales and you've got to kind of find the right balance. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if the business isn't, isn't profitable, no matter what your intentions are, it's going to be really hard to maintain that if you don't have the profits to, to put back into that, into those efforts. So 
we're all here pretty much because of the beer, because we love the taste of the beer and like that's, you know, in the community that it brings around. So what are you uh, at Roadhouse doing to, I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, sustainability and spreading the word about that too, and not just keeping it into one space. Like how are you guys collaborating with other, maybe other breweries across the country or what are you doing with your beer? Like, you know, we want the beer. <laughs> yeah. So one of, one of the projects we've been working on, um, as specifically at the start of this year was a collaboration series. So this is a, a roadhouse project called the Kush series. Uh, and the first of those beers is called the cosmic Kush. Um, the idea behind it is we wanted to partner, um, with another brewery, but we also wanted to partner with some of our suppliers. So for cosmic Kush, it's a B Corp inspired beer. Uh, so we partnered with Creature Comforts, who's another B Corp brewery down in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, with Main Stem Malt, who's a malting house that's also B Corp certified. Uh, and then Roy Farms, who's a B Corp certified hop producer. Uh, so between the four of us, we're all B Corp certified. So the beer is 100% B Corp. Um, and we are able to kind of promote that message. So you can see it on all of the Roadhouse cans. We're, we're very proud of our B Corp status. We have the, the certified B Corp logo on every Roadhouse can, and then specifically this Cosmic Kush, it's on there, along with our other partner brewery and suppliers um, to really help get the word out that, like, you can do this, you can make phenomenal beer, um, and it can be very, very successful. Is the beer out now as we speak? It is. We actually like had a, all of our pre-orders and sold it out before we had even put it in cans and kegs, so um it was a really hot commodity um and it's out in our uh, entire roadhouse uh footprint and then we are also opening up uh distribute distribution in georgia so we'll have it in the georgia market as well it'll be wyoming colorado idaho utah california montana and now georgia so roadhouse just is opening up in georgia now yeah Yep, we are uh, by May. We'll be in Georgia, uh, and then we've got a couple other things in place. Um, Melvin, part of our acquisition of Melvin too, has really helped to expand our distribution footprint. Uh, Melvin is in twenty-seven states, um, and so we are partnering with distributors in those states to help get Roadhouse brand out there as well. Uh, so our goals, you know, before the end of the year, to really expand the overall pure madness brewing group. Um, footprint to that whole area which will truly be coast to coast because we'll be from california all the way to florida and then up the east up the atlantic coast as well cool so with you said kush was a series right so it, mm -hmm. it was this the first one in the series with uh creature company? yes this will be the first the first of our collaboration kush series um this one specifically is always going to be around b corp uh, so we're going to be, we're going to look to do this with different partners and, you know, as we go on, um, uh, we're going to be doing another, uh, one in the middle of summer, uh, releasing around July. And then the last one, uh, will be releasing around September, October. Uh, I can't give any details on those just yet, but they're going to be pretty phenomenal. And it's a similar blueprint, um, just not necessarily all surrounding B Corp, but partner breweries that we have have similar values to us um working with hop suppliers that we're really ingrained with uh and making this phenomenal collaboration beer uh max our brewmaster is on he's in the hop research council and also the hop quality group and so he 
is really involved in the public hops like breeding programs. And so we are lucky enough to have the ability to get to work with a lot of experimental and, and new hops. Um, and so that's another bit of innovation that we're trying to bring to the brewing scene. And then with the innovative side of just the new hops, there's new growing techniques, there's new ways that you can uh, preserve fresh hops uh, for longer periods of time so that could increase your fresh hop beer season. So there's a lot of lot of innovation around hops uh, that Max is really spearheading here at Pyrpanetics. Well, because there's a lot of hop growers now, like in places that you would never think of as being a hop growing hotbed, you know. So like there's a lot of places in Colorado now that are brewing are growing hops and, and doing a pretty good job of it. And you would think it's not quite the climate, you know, at, at least as you would traditionally think of for growing hops. So yeah. And it's that's, that's kind of the thing is that as climate change is happening, that that area of good hop growth in both the northern and southern hemisphere is starting to expand. Um, and so areas that haven't typically been, you know, big hop producers are starting to see their climate acclimate and develop into a good, hop, a better hop producing area. Suppose you have to find some positive in climate change, huh? <laughs> More hops. You got to find it where you can. <laughs> Yeah, and you got to deal with it. You know, it's it's part of what's happening. So we got to figure mm -hmm. out ways to, you know, do what we can to find our way yeah. through it. What would you say, I would say, besides being like certified B Corp, you know, company and the Kush series that you guys are doing right now, Cosmic Kush, like what do you say like Roadhouse is really known for outside of that, like with your local customers? Yeah, what makes, what makes Roadhouse stand out besides they make some pretty kick-ass beers? <laughs> It, I mean, it's a it's a phenomenal place to work. We have a great we built a great culture um, within Roadhouse, and and in turn, part of the the fine dining restaurant group. So Gavin Fines, are one of our co-founders, that his restaurant group um, is also like we are a part of that, uh, and so he's built this really really strong culture uh, that we've continued to kind of nurture and develop. Um, but we take care of our employees. You know, we we set up you know, rafting trips every summer where we shut down the brewery, we get all of our rafts and drift boats and everything together. And we go for a float down the snake river and we've got beers and bring a camping grill and have sausages. And we just make a great day. We try to get everybody up to, you know, different brew festivals up throughout the year, whether it's CBC or great American beer festival, we try to get every person in the company involved, whether they're on our canning line or they're a cellarman or woman, a brewer, Myself, all the way up to our founders, everybody has has stock and has value in the company, and we want them all to feel that way. So, so everybody's really, really involved. I think with with so many breweries, you know, in the United States, and so many people have so many choices of where to go, and with such as our world being really transparent per se via social media, like you can get into anything and access everything, and to know all that, like if you have a great group of employees or people who work at a brewery it's just more of a draw for customers and consumers okay. to come into the brewery because they're like well i could go to this place or i could go to this place but then when you hear the story you're gonna well, i'm gonna go to this place instead so i just that's a really great thing to say to just let consumers know all that too like there's a great behind the scenes you know things yeah happen. and we're, so, we're, we're all we're all so accessible whether you're at the the pub and eatery down on the town square, you come into the tap and taste room at a production brewery. Um, 
more often than not, you're going to find a brewer, you're going to find Max, you're going to find myself, you're going to find our founders. They're here. We're here all, all the time. So we, you might come in for a beer and then walk down and oh shoot, there's, you know, Max, our brewmaster for the whole brewing group. And, you know, it's, you can sit down and talk to him, ask him questions. Like he'll happily have a beer with you. And there's, <laughs> there's no like exclusivity or anything. We're just really normal people. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. And I, and I think like you're kind of saying, it's, um, it's cool to see a place like that where you as an employee want to hang out there. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You got great beer, but still there's got to be something more than that. At the end of the day, there's got to be a community that you're drawn to. And that uh, we, we probably beat that word to a pulp on our podcast. Cause we talk about craft beer and community all the time, but it's true. If, if you don't, want to hang out there with the people that are there, why would you stay around after you're done working for the day at your place of employment? Most people don't do that. But at a place right. like that, if you're comfortable there and you like the people you're with and and all the people that come in there to to enjoy your product, it's got to be, it's got to be like, I don't want to say you're not like you're never working, but, <laughs> but it's got to be cool to feel like it's that much <laughs> your daily life, your community. It is. And we, we like to say community, not competition because, or collaboration, not competition, because that's, that is truly what being in the beer industry, especially the craft beer industry is all about. Like you get, you're not going to get anywhere completely on your own. You have to rely on, you have to rely on your craft brewer family. Uh, so if we're, if we're out of malt, if we're out of hops or out of something, you know, we've got three other breweries in the area that we can reach out to and say, Hey, we're in a tight spot. Is there any way you can spot us? And, and, you know, we'll, when our shipment comes in, we'll, we'll get it back to you. And it works out, you know, nine times out of 10. And if it doesn't work out, that brewery might be like, Hey, here's someone else that you can reach out to. And so we're always trying to help each other out because we all want to see each other succeed. And that was, you know, a huge part of bringing Melvin into the fold. It was like, we, we have this amazing brewery that's come come up through wyoming and like set the world on fire and we want to see them continue to be successful and we also want to see wyoming beer be successful so you know i think it's just such a great partnership to have you know two awesome breweries getting together and like putting this whole project you know in motion i have to ask outdoor fan like skiing snowboarding oh no. absolutely i am an avid avid snowboarder um so this has been a pretty phenomenal winter just from the amount of snowpack we've gotten and then it'll just lead into an even better summer because it's been a little bit dry the last couple of years um so this should help refill our reservoirs they do a lot of a lot of floating in the summertime paddleboard up and down you know teton creek which is up in our area and the snake river as well um pretty much everybody in both breweries are avid fishermen and women uh, so do a lot of fly fishing a lot of rafting uh, we just kind of like to be outdoors whenever whenever we can. We like to get outside. I just like our listeners to, I mean, they all get it. Like that to know that, you know, the people behind the beer are the people behind the stuff that you like to do too. So it's like, yeah, yeah if you're living in that area, you had to have been on the mountain or something. <laughs> oh yeah. And our, our beers are very transportable. So whether you're skiing or fishing or anything, it's very easy to throw a couple cans in your pack and, and take it with you. Yeah, yeah. truly. Have you had a chance to like, you know, snowboard or going around different places in the country or outside of the country? Uh, most most of my activities have been in the Rocky Mountains. Um, I grew up surprisingly in Florida. <laughs> and so I, I spent my spring breaks instead of going to the beach. 
going out to the mountains. Um, so I learned how to snowboard out in Colorado um, with my uncle. And then I've just slowly migrated further and further west as I've gotten older. So I lived in Fort Collins, uh, another like beer mecca yeah. um, prior prior to moving out to, to Jackson to work for Roadhouse. Um, and so, yeah, I've done quite a bit up in this area between Jackson, Victor, uh, done some snowboarding in Utah, lots of Colorado, but my parents grew up in, in the Northeast and not to, not to hate on Northeast skiing, but after they came out to Colorado, they're like, you don't ever need to go to the Northeast. You're fine. Just stick to the West. <laughs> okay. you, uh, you, you snowboard, not iceboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> best, best beer and food pairing to go with your snowboarding adventures. Ooh, beer and food. Well, if I'm if I'm just putting a pack together, you know, for the day, I mean, I'm a big peanut butter and jelly fan. And then our 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 loose boots IPA is about as good as it gets after after a hard day riding. Nice, I like that. Because you know, you can pair beer and food with anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then we we love to do it. You know, we've got our uh, pub and eatery downtown square and we try to do a beer dinner there about once a quarter and so our executive chef and max are our brewmaster they get together and they kind of like curate this really amazing beer menu so we'll look at you know innovative r&d beers that we're brewing up at our pub on the town square and then what can we do from a food pairing side to go along with that and they come up with some some really amazing amazing pairings i mean if you ever or in Jackson around the time when we're doing a, a beer dinner, I highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal evening. The, the last one we did uh, was kind of like a collaboration beer dinner. So it was the Pure Madness Brewing Group, so Roadhouse and Melbourne, uh, along with Ohana, which is now uh, Maui in modern times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was all four breweries all together for a beer dinner at our pub in Town Square, and it was unreal. Uh, what What actually got you into beer? Like what? Created your path. Uh, I, I mean, crazy enough, I started home brewing. Go <laughs> figure. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I was, like I said, I was an engineer. Um, and two of my good engineering buddies that I worked with at Mitsubishi um, were like, you know, we should start home brewing. It's really fun. You know, it's, we all enjoy drinking beer. So let's see if we can make it. We're engineers. I bet we could do pretty good. Um, and so we started reading books and understanding how we want what styles we wanted getting all the equipment and from the first homebrew i was i was hooked and so it wasn't long i think i only stayed at my job at mitsubishi for another two years after i started at home <laughs> uh so i was looking looking for opportunities uh in the beer world and and the florida craft beer scene especially in the orlando area at the time um wasn't super huge it was just starting to grow uh, I met a, a guy who came to town from New Belgium, um, and he was a brewer there. And he said, "Yeah, if you want to do it, I mean, Fort Collins is the place to be. See, see, you know, we have some open positions. See if it's something where it'll work for you." Um, unfortunately, it didn't. I ended up getting a job with Anheuser Busch. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I spent I spent three years kind of cutting my teeth in big brewing. Um, at the Anheuser Busch facility, um, to do like about 10 million barrels a year out of that brewery. Yeah. Um, so I saw it as about as big as it gets. Um, but then also 
in Fort Collins, you've got 26 other breweries that are anywhere from under a thousand barrels a year up to like New Belgium and Odell are doing hundreds of thousands of barrels a year. So you've got a widespread of the craft scene right there. And it's a, again, a great place to learn. Um, and so that's where I really started to develop my palate and my taste for what beers I liked and what styles were coming out. Um, the opportunity for Roadhouse came about and it was again, serendipitous. I, Came out on a snowboard trip with some friends to Jackson Hole in March. Uh, and then by November, I was I moved out here and we're working for Roadhouse. Nice. Wow. Any um, last words to consumers as to why they should care about where their beer is coming from? Because it's not going to be that way forever. So <laughs> you really, the, the, the more you care about where your beer comes from and making sure that it's coming from a sustainable brewery, the longer you're going to be able to enjoy that beer. I mean, that's really the what it comes down to with the way things are going um, just with climate change and, you know, just the general world economy, things are getting more expensive and, and things are going to get tougher and tougher and more scarce. Um, so if we don't find ways to be in, um, innovative and creative and how we make the beer and how we process it and how we, you know, the agricultural side of the growing of the grains and hops and, how we best use water because i mean that's that's a huge waste in the beer industry is water use water for all your cleaning and everything else so a lot of water goes into the beer don't get me wrong (laughs) but we use a lot of water outside of that as well so any way that we can do our little part and you know like you said there's nearly ten thousand brewer like craft breweries in the united states alone um so if you have ten thousand little guys all doing their part it ends up making a big difference. And Cosmic Kush, where did that name come from? Um, it's honestly, <laughs> our, our, <laughs> Colby's one of our other, our other founders and he is, uh, the, the names are, he, he comes up with all, everything, you know, on the naming front. Um, and we had done the kind of an experimental version of uh, this whole series last year. And kind of obviously a play on Kush being from like the marijuana and there's, you have different strains of uh, marijuana and cannabis and hops are like kind of a a sibling or a distant cousin uh, to cannabis. So what could we call it? And so we had cosmic Kush and had one called the OG Kush. And then we did a fresh hop that was fresh Kush and it seemed to catch on really well with our draft program. So we said, well, we got to, we should keep this ball rolling and um it's out of this world cheers to the earth being cosmic mm-hmm. actually that's kind of a ooh, i don't know cheers to out of this world but hey we're doing it for the earth yeah <laughs> yeah thanks for your time today john um that was yeah a absolutely conversation and i think very informative and you know i i wish we could have more conversations like this where it doesn't have to be um we don't have to delve into the political side of climate change. It's like it's happening no matter what you think about it. You can you can talk about origins or how much we affect it or don't affect it, but it's totally. Happening. So why not? Exactly. And that's at the end of the day, we got we got a plan for you know, I don't know. It doesn't matter how it's happening, whether it's cars, volcanoes, whatever, <laughs> it's happening. Yep, so yep. we've got a plan for it. And if we want to keep making and drinking good beer, we got to figure out how to, how to work around it. It's the engineering mindset. You know, there's always a solution. All right. Well, thanks for the time today, John. And uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch as we get closer to getting out there. Cause it, we should be there in June sometime. So. Sounds like a plan. Well, it was great talking to you guys. Enjoy, enjoy Medellin. 
Okay. Thank you. It's been great. Great talking to you too. Thanks a lot for your time. Bye. Bye. Take Bye. care. So yeah, we're excited because we're actually going to make it to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for the very first time. How the hell have we never been to Jackson Hole, Wyoming? We lived in Denver for most of our lives and we haven't been to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Because Colorado has like a shit ton of amazing <laughs> ski resorts, so it was really hard to like even leave But what Colorado. about the great beer? We're missing out. Wait, we do have that too. Yeah. Damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it is a, a place that's been on the list for a long time, especially to go snowboarding there would be freaking amazing. That's not going to happen in like June. June, July. No, that's not going to happen, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it has been on the bucket list for a long time to go there. But I think that's just another reason to make sure that whatever you're doing, whether it's snowboarding, skiing, hiking, biking, biking. Um, drinking beer, drinking wine, drinking coffee, like all of that things, you know, we are in Colombia, drinking coffee, like if you're doing your best to keep something sustainable so it can stay around longer and, and, protect, and kind of help the planet, it just encourages people to, I think, to travel more, but to travel more responsibly, to drink more, but to drink more responsibly. Um, and then just to have an idea of where things come from so that you know that you're being responsible to the planet, I guess. I mean, you don't, we talked a lot about in the podcast as to why it's important for consumers to care. Like you just like your beer, but if you really want to keep drinking the beer, you kind of have to care because nothing lasts forever. You know, like some people get very dire about where the planet's headed. And, you know, that's not necessarily unfounded, obviously. But then there's other people that go to the opposite extreme and like, oh, we're going to ride it out and ride it till it implodes. And I don't think either one's good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people like John and companies like Roadhouse and Melvin coming together, doing what they're doing give me a lot of hope because there are a lot of smart people out there doing a lot of smart things to not just save our planet and and improve our planet but also to still allow us to enjoy it at the same time you know because beer is a luxury obviously i mean we look at it pretty much as a necessity it's it's, it's a food it's, staple it's essential <laughs> it's essential do we not know what we went through beer is essential. we're not gonna go there but it is essential um <laughs> but yeah it's basically it is a luxury though at the end of the day but what is life without those things you know i mean we're here to live a life and have a good life and enjoy life not just make sure the planet's around in ten thousand years or or the opposite of enjoy it so much that we kill it you can do both there, there's a wait, happy wait, wait. medium. Not in, wait, that sounded wrong. I didn't mean you can enjoy it so much that we kill it. I meant that you can <laughs> enjoy life and take care of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the point, right? Of Enjoying life is a big, yeah. I think, just the point of living. And so, yeah. Getting a little unheavy now. Okay. I'm kind of looking forward to uh, just enjoying what's coming up the next few months. I mean, there's a lot of things. we got a lot of... Like, we don't have a lot of solid plans. You, you guys know we don't ever really just like, okay, we're going to be here in a week. We're going to be here in two weeks. We're going to be there in two months. I mean, but we've got a loose plan for the year with a few um, key points that we need to be at. But, you know, we've got some fun stuff that we want to do, too. We're going to go back to Denver around June and see Michael Fronte again at Red Rocks, which is like, oh, just, it's kind of my... 
soul re-energize concert i guess like i i I guess I've missed that because it's been a while since we've seen a Michael Franti concert. And anyway, I need, I'm looking forward to that a lot. And then getting out to Wyoming and and Idaho on the, there's a place on the border there near Jackson Hole. Well, where Jackson Hole is in Wyoming, and then on the Idaho side. I think we talked about it on the yeah, in the interview though. Like John's from there. Right, John's from Victor. I believe he said. Yeah. And there's an area called Victor Driggs, which is pretty renowned for mountain biking so we plan to spend a few weeks out in that area obviously going to roadhouse and melvin and also mountain biking around the area and doing other stuff so that's something i'm really looking forward to but uh yeah there's just a lot going on and a lot to enjoy in the world so we hope you get out there and enjoy it and take care of it and hopefully you guys, some of you at least, will hopefully join us um, in Montana this summer too. Or, well, I guess it will be kind of more towards the fall. Um, it is the fall. It is the fall, yes. <laughs> well, in Montana, it feels like the end of summer to me. but It is the end of summer. But then it's, it's the fall. fall. But you said it's the fall. So it's the summer okay, and when the When the dates for Camp Carpe Diem, like the coolest <laughs> adult camp ever? The coolest adult camp ever. Camp Carpe Diem takes place September 28th. October 1st in the Flathead Valley which is just outside of Glacier National Park and if you need a town Kalispell is the town that will be nearby doing a lot of mountain biking hiking photography drinking craft beer going to different places doing different things and just generally socializing with some awesome people yeah camp carpe diem dot com c-a-m-p c-a-r-p-e D-I-E-M dot com. Not bad. And actually, speaking of all this, I think I do it better. But anyhow, you did it. You took it on. Nice job. But speaking of all this. Sweating bullets. If you are listening to this podcast right when we put it up, you still have a few days to get the early bird rate. Because the early bird discount goes away at the, uh, what, midnight on April 30th. So get your shit together and register for campcrapadium.com. And I think that's it. Um, get outside, drink a beer, go biking, go hiking, soak up the sunshine. It's springtime, baby. Finally. Yeah? Yeah. I would say cheers to beer made for outdoor adventures. Cheers. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs. 